Hello again, and welcome everyone to a special edition of the Harry Potter Book Club. I'm Trevor. I'm Sylvia. I'm Alex. I'm Vera. I'm Crystal. I'm Matt. And in this special edition, we're going to be talking about the latest installment in the Harry Potter movie franchise, Fantastic Beasts, and where to find them. Before we dive in, though, we have uh, an exciting piece of news. We actually have a way for you, our beloved listeners, to contact us with any comments, insights, and questions. You can reach out to us at hpbcfanmail at gmail.com. That's hpbcfanmail at gmail.com. So if you've got comments about a chapter that we've talked about, if you've got questions about an upcoming chapter, if you have uh, wonderful things to say or... Uh, incisive critiques uh, to level against us. We would love to hear from you, and if we consider it especially insightful, we may even discuss it uh, or answer your question in the upcoming episode. Well, with that out of the way, I'm curious to hear your initial uh, impressions of the movie. Just overall impressions. What did you think? I was really disappointed when I walked out, I'm not going to lie. But the more I thought about it and like peeled back some of the layers, the more I loved it and I started thinking like where they could go, especially learning about like the five movie franchise that they're planning. Mm-hmm. I I just really started getting super excited about where they could take this. That was my initial thought. As far as you know, are they all going to be Fantastic Beasts and something or are they all going to be different titles as just part of some conglomerate i mean how are they doing this yeah i think they're all going to have fantastic beasts in the title somewhere Mm -hmm. that jk rowling confirmed that um and then it's going to end in 1945 so this is going to span 25 19 years 19 years he's told me that a lot and i don't remember 19 years so it's going to end with the battle of grindelwald and dumbledore 1945 which then you also put that up with current events world war ii ending really interesting Mm -hmm. so that's what we know I'm really interested to see who they cast as young Dumbledore versus Johnny Depp Grindelwald. Like, that's such an interesting casting choice. How old was Dumbledore at the time he fought Grindelwald? 50, 60? Dumbledore was born in 1881. Okay. So, 1945. Quick go. No, yeah. That's 64. Yeah. Okay. So, prospectively, by the time they get to the fifth movie, right? probably at least three to four years between each one, Benedict Cumberbatch could be Dumbledore. Oh, my gosh. I mean, right? Because, like, we have to time, you know, he has to be the right age, Uh Uh and then, you know, the showdown has to happen. That's my, that's my, you know, Mm. forecast for the evening. I have to admit, the first thing that I thought uh, when I came out, seeing Johnny Depp cast as Grindelwald was... Yeah, who who are they going to have Dumbledore yeah. and Benedict Cumberbatch came to mind? Really? Like, yeah. He is. He hey, he's. I mean, there's like seven male British actor right sure. now. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's true. Is. And I could just I could see it happening and being awesome. The only yeah. rumor I've heard is that Richard Harris's son, well, um, is being considered. Mm. I heard this from another podcast. I don't even remember which one because I've been trying to listen up. Um, but his son. Looks so he looks like you know the original hmm. first Dumbledore, but I don't know anything yeah. about his son much. Yeah, Has acting he history. IMDb. I think he's an actor. You gotta but, IMDb this really quick. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. What's his name? Um, Richard Harris's son. What? 
sorry, is his son Jared Harris, who's um, the guy who played in Sherlock? This guy? What? What? Is that his son? Really? Moriarty? Moriarty? No and way. we just saw him in, he's in The Crown? Okay. Not not, 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 not the Sherlock BBC Moriarty. Sherlock. The Sherlock, the Sherlock Holmes, Holmes movie, movie Moriarty. Moriarty. Yes. yes. The, the not yeah. against Benedict Cumberbatch, but against Moriarty. Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> Weird. Wow. Weird. So wow. the two options for Dumbledore are Sherlock Holmes or Moriarty. There's also <laughs> Damien and nice. Jamie, so it could be one of the other sons. That's incredible. <laughs> that is, uh, is good. That is pretty great. Um, I, I actually walked away from the movie really satisfied um, for one particular reason. I think um, it is particularly difficult and I would uh, to, to do fight scenes well in the Harry Potter universe. In part because although, as you read in the books, you know, about the difficulty of casting spells, um, hexes, jinxes, curses, all the varieties, um, wand movement, what you need to say or think in order to make it happen... In the end, to me, on screen, it looked a lot like shooting lasers out of wooden sticks, right? Um, And they just sort of fly past you, and sometimes things explode or get slashed up, but you don't really know why, Mm. and it's just confusing. Mm. Um, Or there's just flashes, and it's like, I don't know, wasn't very interesting. But in this movie, with the variety of animals and the way the animals were used in fighting wizards... That, to me, was fascinating. You understood why they were doing what they were doing and how they worked, and um, just it added a t- completely new dimension. Well, I'll say that I really enjoyed the acting. I know I discussed this a little bit with you, Trevor, um, before we started, but uh, I thought the acting was phenomenal um, all around. Um, and uh, One thing I, I think in the movie that I was a little bit confused about it I mean now after reading about it and thinking through it I, I finally understand it but the obscurus you know yeah. um, like, I didn't dark. know why, yeah what what is this and why is it so powerful um, why did Grindelwald want it you know because I mean apparently orders came in and they they shot they killed it even though there's the wisp you know they mm-hmm. think they killed it um, but I'm thinking you know why does Grindelwald want this maybe it'll come out later on you know that there's something else but it just didn't seem like if, if Grindelwald is this big powerful wizard you know that's kind of like Voldemort like why does he need this thing um, that's so unpredictable and right. just flies around and well, is a rage monster type thing yeah it basically is but I think it's like a weapon of mass destruction mm-hmm. you just yeah. unleash it on a town mm-hmm. and chaos ensues and he doesn't have to do anything he doesn't even have to be present just mm-hmm. calls it back I guess not um, to mention it reveals he, magic to the nomages, yeah. which is what their ultimate goal was, I think. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he was so upset. He's like, you don't know what you you did. You know, he's talking to the wizards like, you don't realize what you've done. Um, he just seemed to me way more upset that they had killed this thing, the Obscurus, killed this person. Um, and I, I don't know. I just, I thought it was a little bit strange um, in that respect, but... That brings up something. Yeah. Uh, I was I was surprised by how complex the plot was yeah. from the very beginning, especially if you are uninitiated in mm-hmm. the Harry Potter universe. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as you know, someone who podcasts as a hobby about Harry Potter, <laughs> I was sitting there sort of 
turning the wheel saying, what, what exactly is going on? Okay, we've got uh, Grindelwald hoping to uh, get his hands on an Obscurus so that he can wreak destruction on no mages, expose the wizarding community, and then begin essentially a race war between the two mm-hmm. so that wizards no longer have to hide but can you know, uh, take their place of superiority over non-magical peoples. I'm, I'm like telling myself that story, yeah. like piecing together. All, that's implied, basically, yeah. uh, in the movie. And uh, if, if you're familiar with uh, the Harry Potter canon, all of those themes are really familiar. You know, magic is might. And you know, what, what we see um, with the dark takeover of the ministry uh, in the later Harry Potter books but I was, I was sitting there saying, I wonder what it would be like to not know the Harry Potter characters, themes, and universe, and to be sitting in this movie right now trying to figure out, what is this dark cloud doing? And this guy named named Grindelwald, who is uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Like, what, what is actually happening right now? We did. We saw it with my aunt. And no shame in this, but good old um, Aunt Kitty, her first question when she got out was, so are those uh, Harry Potter's parents? And, and that was her, anyway. Uh, so I guess it could be confusing if you know it's related to Harry Potter and she wasn't tracking on the Newton Tina's relationship to Harry. So, mm. Which, I mean, I have to say, I, I kind of appreciate mm-hmm. that they threw a straight in. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not like the early books or movies in the, the earlier Harry Potter canon where you clearly get those moments of dialogue where it's the authors or screenwriters' uh, way of keeping people up to date on the details right. if they just happen to walk into the theater or pick up the book. Uh, instead, you know, we're, we're thrust right into the middle of the story and essentially told, good luck keeping up. If you don't know what's happening now, you will eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, I'm wondering um, now... Why didn't he fix his suitcase? I mean, now, was it the bow truckle that kept unlocking this thing? Or, like, what? I'm, I'm just wondering, why, like, why? You've got all these magical creatures in there. Nothing has plagued Matt more than this one fact. Th- this it's one like me question with the water. Of like, all I do is talk about the water and the rain. Yeah. And, like, oh, are they going to yes. have lost their memory for months? Because when they keep drinking the water spot? Anyway, but I have issues with that. Let's like, take this up one nagging detail yeah. at a time. Yeah. So, so I guess your question is... Newt's clearly a powerful wizard. Yeah. Why in the world can he fix the buckle on his case? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's like the opposite well, like, of a Deus Ex Machina. I assume yeah. it's just the, them trying to, to get out, and that if there was nothing in the case, it would close just fine. And they allude to in the movie that the bow truckle is very successful at picking locks. Yeah. They say that in the movie. So I kept telling Matt, like, I think that they're trying to say, like, the, the bow truckle is being naughty. He keeps unlocking the case. It's not supposed ne- you to play your him, mind. You never see him, you know? You never see him. Well, they're it. small. Yeah. But, I mean, it, they're not they're microscopic. Not you, know, they're, they're, you can still see the bow truckle. Um, it's just, I don't know. That's just one thing that I'm like. At the very beginning of the movie, when he's waiting in line, you know, it, it, coming into the, the country and saying, oh, I've been meaning to get that fixed. Well, everything would have been okay. You know, they, they, yeah, okay. nothing would have happened. So at the, the very least, it's a plot device. And yeah. if it doesn't happen, there's no movie. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like the opposite of a deus ex machina. Instead yeah. of making things get better at the end magically, it is magically making terrible things happen. At the and beginning. That's, and that's the conflict. So like, we have something to do. Exactly sure. right. Yeah. And I think it was actually really funny in that way. It was it a was. really mm-hmm. entertaining way of bringing... Speaking of funny, and what you were saying before about awesome acting, 
gosh. Thankfully, we had a muggle that was actually like Fabulous. an awesome character, <laughs> right? That actor oh, was gosh. so good. You so didn't have to say more than like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like he got 15 words in and he already was like, uh, he was the yeah. heart of the movie. He really yes. was. He was the heart of the he really movie. Was. Yeah. And like, say what you will, Crystal, about the magical rain at the end. <laughs> that was a really moving scene with with him. Oh yeah, with his wrap up as a character yeah. was really really moving when now, he walked into the rain. Now in the end, does he? Kind of get his memory back. So I, mean, I think he has a big question. I, I, I'm wondering. We're gonna jump right to the end, okay? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll skip everything that happened in the first two and a half hours of the movie. We'll get back to that. We'll too. go back. We'll go back. Do we want to? Do we want to wait? Hold off on the rain? All right, yeah. No, no, no. Oh, go ahead. Oh, we gotta yeah, talk go about this. Go no, okay. right. This is essential to his character. Yeah. yeah. Is it in his subconscious, or is he consciously aware of it, and he's pretending? Oh, these just come to me. These, you know, pastry creatures. I think it's subconscious. I think he doesn't think so. remember, but I think obviously after he and the, um, the sister, yeah, the sister get together. Need to see it again. Um, By the way, his name is, is Jacob Kowalski. Kowalski, yeah. 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 Kowalski, I remember Kowalski. Which immediately reminded me of the penguins in Madagascar. Did it? Yeah, because Kowalski is one of the four penguins. Sure. Um, I think there's three. No, there's four. No. Private, Rico, oh Kowalski, God. and Captain. Um, sorry. It's quite all right. <laughs> anyway, it kept me. That's that's one of the things that it made me think of. Hmm. He also is a is one of the more silent of the penguins. Well, I think regarding the rain, I think there's a point where Newt mentions that the rain erases bad memories. Mm-hmm. So my thought, my my personal theory is just that on the surface, his bad memories of all of these terrible things that happened were erased, but Teeny, I think she does something to him when she kisses him. Not Teeny. Queenie. Sorry, I mixed Tina and Queenie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Queenie, I think when she kisses him, she does something. She gives him a memory. I'm not sure what happens, but something something transpires there, and then when when he sees her again, there's some sort of trigger that brings back all of these good memories that were not erased by the rain. Well, we know that Queenie is a ridiculously talented Legilimens. Right. So it wouldn't be that surprising if she had some magical capacity to oh. help preserve memory, plant a memory, do something oh, with... Like Wizard Inception? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that. Just being born a Legilimens seems like as rare as Parcel yeah. Tongue. Or as being a gift, like you know? as a metamorphosis. Even. I mean... Mm-hmm. It's just one of these gifts. Cool, crazy things. Yeah, yeah. I've I've heard a lot of discussions um, from folks who were really, really upset about uh, the the rain that essentially obliviates uh, bad memories at the end. Saying, "Well, what about the people who are inside and, and things like that?" But I yeah. think I think you know uh, if we suspend some of our disbelief, that the movie tries to wrap right that up now. with. Basically, we've polluted the entire water supply in the city, so anybody who drinks a cup of water, anybody who takes a shower, is contacting this in some way. And so we're effectively wiping out the non-magical memory of the entire city. So that side of things didn't bother me as much. I didn't find myself unsatisfied with the details of the ending, um, but that may have been because I was willing to suspend disbelief and say, well, this is a magical universe. (laughs) Things can happen. I mean, it's so convenient. Yeah, I mean, what bothered me most about it, I think, was like how it's rain. It's hitting everybody. How is it sorting out Nomad from from Wizard? Because 
wizards aren't immune to obliviate spells and things like that. And I don't know if this, it seemed like this, um, whatever. Swooping evil. Yeah, the swooping evil. It seemed like it was a thing that worked on wizards too. Hmm. So how were they protecting themselves from the rain? Hmm. Except with the little wand umbrellas, which Mm -hmm. were very cool. I liked that. I feel like we've maybe been introduced to a little bit of that, though, with the way, like, muggles can't see the leaky cauldron, or they can't see any of these places that you know, lead to important... They can't see Hogwarts, even, or the Quidditch World Cup Stadium. They can't see those things. So, I, I mean, there's some there's some sort of precedent, I think, where muggles can't see things or are affected differently by things that wizards aren't. Mm-hmm. So, I, I didn't have a problem even with... That particular part of it, I just thought it was convenient that this sweeping evil can, and this Thunderbird can just yeah. make yeah. rain and yeah. erase everyone's bad memories. Mm. It's yeah, well, convenient. If we, if we push the, the bad memory detail far enough, yeah. I think we say, well, for non-magical folks, no mages, that term just still, it doesn't. I know. I, yeah. I, I want to call them Can we just call them muggles? Can we just? <laughs> all right. We're calling them muggles. Uh, for muggles, it would be particularly traumatic. You know, it would be a, definitely a bad memory to, to see everything that took place and essentially have your world turned upside down and your city disheveled. For wizards and witches, it would be troubling, but mm-hmm. not, not as unexpected or traumatic as it would for others. So uh, that's possibly a way that we could reconcile that, pressing mm-hmm. that detail all the way to the end. True. So he does remember or he doesn't? That's, I mean, do we say he does? I think you he think does. He does? He, he remembers that. He moment. touches his neck yes. where that Mertlap bit him. There's yeah. some, or it's either he, maybe he's thinking of her kissing. I'm not sure what it is, but he remembers something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I personally think he he does at and that we, moment. He remembers something. And we know he has subconscious memories because he's made all of his yeah. bakery animals right. into those fantastic beasts. So. And if we step outside of the universe and remember that this is a five part franchise, and he is pretty much the most beloved character yeah. in the first movie. Yeah. We know he's going to keep making appearances. They spent way too much time establishing his character and the relationships with Queenie and Newt uh, to let Jacob just, you know, not not have his memories for the rest of the time. You know, it would seem that uh, in some way or another we're going to have him uh, reestablished to his former memories so that he can play a, a role mm-hmm. in the in the developing plot of the story. Yeah. Speaking of beloved characters. Trevor and I were talking. I think the one weak spot for me was Tina. She just felt flat. Yes. Like, I don't know if it's the actress. I don't know if it's the part. Um, it just, I was kind of disappointed because we know that Tina and Newt end up married because it's given away in the lineage. And I'm kind of bummed about that because I just, just feel like, you know, Queenie is very likable and interesting and engaging and Jacob and Newt. And then, I don't know. I just, was, I just thought unique. Tina was really flat. Yeah. And like... They didn't develop her very much. Like, we just know, oh, she was kicked out, and she's, like, lurking around this bank, and I don't know. And I feel like her transition, like, in the beginning, she's, like, not interested in you at all. She's, like, frustrated because he's ruining her, (laughs) what she's trying to do. And the transition to her being in love with him, like, didn't really happen. It was just, like, I'm not sure about you. I'm not sure about you. And then all of a sudden, there's something there. Mm -hmm. But it didn't really change gradually, I feel like. Um so maybe that that's part of, I think, why I didn't really connect with her, because I didn't see a gradual change in her. Well, maybe we'll see it in future movies. I, I mean, I, that's all I can say. I, I agree with you, but yeah, maybe we'll see further character development. Yeah. My theory is that she's supposed to mirror or foil Lita, Lita Lestrange. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, because, I mean, we only get this small glimpse of her as being this kind of 
I mean, she's it's played. She's played by Zoe Kravitz, who's just mm-hmm. gorgeous and exotic. And Tina's kind of plain, I think. And she's got this like I, I thought she looked like olive oil. I'm not sure why, but yeah. like her Popeye, yeah. with the little sweet little nose. nose. Yeah. yeah, I said those exact words. Um, so she's just got this like sort of plain and compassionate nature. She's a giver. Like she's even with the um, second Salem, or she's compassionate for Credence. Like, I think she's supposed to foil. Or she's going to foil Lita because I think we're going to be introduced to Lita at some point, and I—that's kind of how I took her. Is she's supposed to be plain and compassionate because she's the right match for Newt, whereas mm-hmm. Lita is maybe exotic and beautiful, and but she's a taker. That's really all we know about her. Mm-hmm. But I—I I, I kind of liked that they downplayed her because I think that I think that was intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of Zoe Kravitz, um, theories on the Lita Lestrange thing. Because we know Newt was expelled from Hogwarts, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because he still gets to keep his wand. So it can't have been that big of a thing. But I just found myself wondering, did he take the fall for something Lita did? Because she was getting into dark Mm. magic and he took the fall. And that's why Dumbledore advocated for him. And he, and it's just, that's something we're going to have to no, in fact, my prediction, I made this before last night to Trevor as we were going to sleep. I said, I think the next movie is going to start with a flashback of Lita Lestrange and something will be revealed and then it'll jump into the present day. Just a random strat theory, but I think it could start with a flashback in the next movie because that's a big question mark is that right. relationship. Yeah, that that's a good point. I like that, that idea that maybe he took the fall for her for something. And I mean, mm-hmm. Dumbledore, we know, has a lot of pull, so he maybe was able to prevent him from actually losing his wand. Or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you guys think about, uh, I mean, this movie w- took place in 1926, right? Mm-hmm. So um, not only, I mean, it, it's, you know, shifting gears from Harry Potter, and it's, you know, way back. Well, not only that, I mean, it's it's in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, I mean, what did you guys think about how they portrayed that, I guess? Oh, the United States was so drab. <laughs> oh my goodness. I felt, I mean, other than the scene of Arizona, which was so beautiful, but I felt like the United States was really sad and it was really industrial kind uh-huh. of seeming. And I mean, which is probably true of the 1920s, but New York, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, it's just, it, to me, I was almost disappointed in the way America looked and everybody was kind of mean and seeming and I, I did not like the way the president of Makuza dressed at all. It felt very foreign. A black mm-hmm. female president in 1926. So I did the like that. Very progressive. Very progressive. <laughs> I did like that. I just didn't like her costume. Yeah. I I wish that they had been more accurate with what the city of New York would have looked like in 19 in the 1920s. Um, you know, there were more subway and um, overground rail lines in New York City then than there are today. Yeah. Um, and so like every avenue that they passed by, there would have been tram lines going, uh, that are like above the walking street level that you would have seen in like every time that they had to pass one of them, uh, one of the avenues. And I was just like, why are these massive pieces of infrastructure just missing from the shots? Like this. Sorry about that, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that really caused me to, yeah. you know, stumble too. Took me right out of it. <laughs> you know, if you're setting yourself in a setting, you know, it's like if you if you were in northern China and, you know, there was no Great Wall, you'd be like, hey, this is sort of weird. You know, do, this is a little bit Do you guys think, uh, I mean, now that they set this movie in America that, I mean, or in the United States, 
Uh, we're going to continue to be in the United no, States, or we're, we're, go, we're going to be, be jumping Paris around a little bit. One, right? or it's Paris? not going Paris to be in America. Is the next one? Yeah. I figured they they couldn't if Grindelwald and and Dumbledore but are it, going to fight. At some point, at they're going to some point they're going to have to come back and go to Ilvermorny, and right. like oh, they're going to have to come back. I'm but really apparently, the next movie that. is yeah. going to be, um, yeah, it's going to be in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, and I, th- I think she actually announced the next few are going to be in Europe. So it's going to be a while before they return to America, I think. I've Unless there's flashbacks or, yeah. like, short scenes in America. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully do they'll you, portray it a little bit Do better. you think, though, American wizards are going to be more in the mix, you know, because they're not really there in any of the Harry Potter books or movies, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the United States is just kind of non-existent. and, and on ever. Well, m- maybe it's not completely true, but, I mean, it's, it's almost true. Um, yeah. Uh, and so I'm just wondering, you know, is it going to be, is it going to be different? You know, is it going to, yeah. I don't know. I mean, obviously it's going to be different, but I mean, is, are they going to have American wizards taking more of a role? Um, I don't Hopefully. know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you're right that we'll have to come back to Ilvermorny. So surely we'll see some American wizards. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. if it's flashbacks to what happened. Well, I guess Newt wasn't there. He was at Hogwarts. So I don't know, but they'll have to go because yeah. they talk about it in the movie. Tina says or tina or queenie they say like oh it's the best you know yeah. Ilvermorny's mm-hmm. the best so they mention it yeah where is Ilvermorny supposed to be i don't actually know i feel like it's somewhere near where the where the pilgrims settled yeah let's that's... google it because it's like you know they established it and they came over right hmm. okay i'm Spe- thinking like i really New wonder England what they're area gonna do for with some the... reason the history of America with magic. Okay. I mean, I know that Rowling has apparently written some vague descriptions of like the history of magic in America relating to Native Americans, things like that. But when it comes to like big events, like wizarding perspectives on the Civil War, you know, <laughs> like that to me, something big happened. If if the Muggles can have a civil war in no, 1865, and then. By 1926, the wizarding world in the same physical territory has a black female president of its Congress. Like, like there's, but at the same time, there are still wizards that are hardcore racist enough to start a race war. Although he didn't seem to be anti-black, he's just anti-muggle. Right. Uh, yeah. But still, there's you know there's obvious parallelisms to that throughout the Harry Potter books. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with Grindelwald, when he... Uh, th- was anybody else shocked when, you know, his character, like, he was just deformed? I mean, I guess I shouldn't have been with Voldemort being deformed, but, I mean, I thought... He just I, didn't I, look very healthy. Yeah, I, well, I had a picture in my mind, you know, after reading Harry Potter, you know, and, mm-hmm. and reading about that story that he was just a regular guy. Me too, you know, yeah. and Maybe even... A good-looking villain. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That, that, that's, what, that's yeah. what I was thinking too. And then he was he was disformed and like he was, I mean, ghostly white. Puffy face. And, and I mean, yeah, it bleached was, eye. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, yeah. again, maybe they're playing off of he was dabbling in the dark arts like Voldemort was, and it, it went too far, and he become he's getting away from his humanity. Maybe I, I, I don't I don't know. But unlike, but I was a little shocked when I saw it. Voldemort had a very specific. He was getting away from his humanity, but he also was also very, very much going toward reptilian oh, yeah. like ways of appearing. And I didn't feel like there was any. I don't know. He wasn't headed particular. Yeah, there was nothing. It was thing. like he didn't look healthy, like you were mm-hmm. saying, but he didn't look like 
anything except an unhealthy person. He made me think of that, um... He made me think of the um, apparition instructor who, like, had apparated so many times he looked wispy. That's what it made me think He's of. He's just been chugging polyjuice potion yeah. for so long that he doesn't look good anymore. I, I tell you, I was shocked by Grindelwald, but mostly because it was Johnny Depp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had stayed away from every piece of writing, yeah. every podcast, every spoiler, yeah. and went in with a clean slate. I had heard rumors that maybe Johnny Depp makes an appearance in later movies, but then we have the turn from uh, Colin Farrell into Johnny Depp, and mm-hmm. I'm sitting. I grabbed Sylvia and like take a huge breath in, and I was just shocked, but excited. Uh, I know some folks were upset with that casting choice, but Johnny Depp is such a versatile actor, and mm-hmm. he does crazy characters yeah. Very so well. well. Oh yes, yeah. I'm really, I'm really excited to see. Here's the thing, though. Why did he mumble that weird line that makes no sense? <laughs> Does anybody okay, know what he said? Yeah, we've. So we, okay, we but what did, first I want to go through what we thought it said. Oh, I don't even. Okay, remember what we I it going said. home, driving home from the movie. We had like four different theories. Like, uh, I, let me. Can I just the the official line is "Will we die just a little?" Question mark. And he says it to Newt. Yeah. We, will we die just a little? We went I thought to he a said, I thought dine. Oh, I thought he said we all die just a little. Yeah, that's the point. But, it, but then it was a question, and I was like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and we, he, he just like says a question. it to Newt, like mm-hmm. looks specifically at Newt and says, will we die just a little? And so I feel what like it's got to be code. I feel like it's got to mean or something. Or it's, it's a line from a previous encounter that they've had or a, a yeah, famous Trevor event. Yeah, Trevor was wondering if Newt and Grindelwald have had history. Had for it because he didn't mm-hmm. seem surprised to see him. Hmm. And he, he's the one who found him out. You know, he knew. Yeah. We, Newt knew something Newt knew was that, going on. that something was up. And we also know that Newt's brother is a war hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows if there's family... Connections. We know that he was awfully quick to want to kill Newt. I mean, or R- R- Tina, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, when he was I, I, Mr. Graves, I guess, Percival mm-hmm. Graves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, okay, so specifically Colin Farrell's character, do we think, and maybe this is published somewhere, I'm not sure, do we think that he was a real person? That yes. that Grindelwald killed is that what it was? He was an auror, and he's actually he was alive an because to okay. keep making polyjuice potions, so he's, he's somewhere kept alive. alive. But yeah, well, I don't okay. think it was polyjuice potion. Okay, I don't personally think it was polyjuice potion. Think it was like a glamour because we've or never like seen polyjuice potion. Like you have to run out of time essentially to reveal polyjuice potion, right. or mm-hmm. we know the um, intruder's downfall or the waterfall. What mm-hmm. was that mm-hmm. in book seven? Yeah, mm-hmm. oh um, yeah. That, but Revelio, that was a yeah, spell right. that he. I've never seen. We've never seen that. So it must have just been like a, a, a charm or something, something that he was using. I think he might. I think Graves might actually be dead. Hmm. I mean, I can't picture Grindelwald if he's supposed to be evil. Like, if he doesn't need Polyjuice Potion, why would he keep him alive? Yeah. It didn't so, seem. It may have been Polyjuice Potion, but I. It, it so didn't Graves, seem like it. Graves might be dead. I don't know. I. I was like, did did he kill Graves? Is he somewhere with Polyjuice Potion? Or is Graves not even a person, and mm-hmm. Grindelwald has risen so far through the ranks of Makuza that we should be concerned about this? <laughs> Grindelwald's a great officer. I <laughs> like to have him. I totally was not paying attention to this, but the fact that once you look back, the opening scene, you see the back of Grindelwald's head, and he mm-hmm. has the same exact mm-hmm. hairstyle. Yeah. 
as Colin Farrell, and I, but I was not. That, that totally was, didn't. That was the first catch thing. That. Did anyone I suspect that he hmm. was Grindelwald? I did not. I did suspect not. that at all. No. I yes. Not Tra- Trevor did because of the hairstyle. Because of the hairstyle. Because it was Smart. the uh, the back of a head with blonde hair, and then we get a parallel shot with dark hair. And I'm, I'm it was a clue. Mm-hmm. I just didn't and imagine. it was it was fleeting, um, that to the point that by the time we did get the reveal, it was it was shocking. Uh, obviously, I just I couldn't believe that uh, yeah. we were actually going to get Grindelwald's um, actor, uh, and it be Johnny Depp. But yeah, that I thought it was a really a deft hand for the director to give us that sort of visual clue early on. A couple more things about the end. A, I think it's funny to see what people think. We all die anyway was a common one. Let's dance just a little was a common one. You can't hold me forever. And then finally, we all die just a little. Those are the four most common apparently, you can't interpretations. Hold me forever? I don't Sounds know. Sounds nothing like It's yeah. from moviepilot.com. Okay. So you know it's legit. But oh, um, with that, just a little because Matt was mentioning how upset he was. Um, about the thing. Well, part of it, so at that point, he has the Elder Wand. Tina disarms him. Because he's already, he stole the Elder Wand, we know, like when he was really young. So when Tina disarms him and gets the wand, I don't know if is part of him being, you don't know what you've done. Like, she just got one of the Hallows. And nope, they don't know it. Hmm. And where are we going to go with that? Because, I don't know, I just thought that was huge. And clearly the Hallows are a part of this story because the pendant... Yeah. That Graves gives to Credence, we get that short glimmer that it's, it's the sign of the Deathly Hallows. And how have we not talked about Credence? Right. The most unfortunate haircut in the oh. history, in the history of haircuts. haircuts. He kind of looks haunting. like Jimmy Fallon to me, though. I'm sorry. Just, a te- that, just the oh, eyes. Just the so <laughs> I'm sorry. It just, I see it, but... Oh, Credence is a character that I, I, I do want to talk about because one of the things we, we discussed last time uh, with the opening chapter of Harry Potter was um, how positive a spin Rowling is able to put on Harry Potter's abusive childhood. Mm-hmm. And you know, we, we sort of chalked it up to uh, it being a children's book. It, it's a magical universe. It's hope-filled. And Harry sort of perseveres really with a whole lot of normalcy through an abnormal, abusive, and traumatic um, upbringing. Well, fast forward a couple of weeks to the opening of Fantastic Beasts, and we get a glimpse into the Harry Potter universe that shows the outcome is not always so rosy. Right. That we there are actually in in Fantastic Beasts far more dark and realistic effects of abuse that can show up in the magical universe. Uh, the the existence of the Obscurus uh, is an example of that. Um, but in another way, it, it almost reaffirms how abnormal Harry is, perhaps. That he goes through a scenario in his own childhood that might have resulted in mm-hmm. the formation of, of an Obscurus, uh, but actually remains in in many ways uh, a functioning whole wizard right yeah did you all think it was credence or did you think it was modesty i thought it was credence i thought it was modesty i thought it was modesty i thought it was i I took the fake out yeah (laughs) what about you so 
Um, I'm trying to remember. I think I was back and forth. I think I was suspicious once once he finds modesty. I'm like, oh, dear. She was so creepy, Cause, though. Because yeah. he she was, saying, she was a creepy kid. Yeah, and another For bad sure. haircut, bad hairstyle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so. It's the 20s. I don't know. I think, I mean, I think I was surprised, but I think I might have seen it coming, but not till the very last minute. I didn't like see it coming right away. Because yeah. I didn't even quite get what an Obscurus was until after the movie when I had to think about it. Yeah. So, and so, I still wasn't sure because um, I thought that it just developed in you um, when you suppressed it. And then Trevor was saying, no, it's like a parasite, you know, that latches on to people. Right. And so that. I was even still confused. Yeah, that, leaving that's what I was saying. Was it, it. it did confuse me. Like you have to really think about it and talk about it and tease that out because, yeah. I mean, it's it was such a confusing concept. I think and just seeing it for the first time. And poor really Matt, was. he had to take a work phone call in the middle of the movie and he oh, missed no. the description of the obscure. Yeah. So he was. I did. So he was I, like, I, what I, is this I was very confused. I was like, "What is this wow. dark magic that's just flying around? Yeah. And it's just a rage monster." So, so the Obscurus is, in a sense, a parasitic dark force that takes residence in a vulnerable host who has been uh, traumatized and had, in some form or fashion, their magical abilities suppressed shamed, uh, or, or some other negative uh, event uh, in their lives. The host is then called an obscurial, uh, in whom the obscurus takes residence. I, I thought, you know, the changing of terminology, that was something that I wasn't clear on right. in the movie. Uh, but again, that's what the internet is for, <laughs> to Google terms and, and get everything straight. This, I think, raises an interesting plot question oh, concerning... Yeah. Ariana Dumbledore. Oh, yeah. uh, my first thought upon hearing uh, the description and seeing the sort of dis- destruction that an Obscurus is able to to have was, oh my gracious, we're getting a glimpse into what happened to Ariana Dumbledore. Yeah. Of course, that's not guaranteed, yeah. but we know we're, we're going to have, in some sense, a Dumbledore-centric storyline. Uh, we know that these movies are going to have to take us into his past with Grindelwald uh, and and family dynamics with Aberforth and Ariana, and I personally am am convinced that we're we're going to find that the traumatic event um, described to us in uh, the earlier Harry Potter stories uh, concerning Ariana has had the effect of of making her an obscurial. And that and this is going to be a huge part of her story. It explains how Grindelwald even would know what an obscurial is. Right. Because he, it's a rare thing. I mean, sort of like a horcrux. It's like people, so, a lot of people don't even know what it is. Mm-hmm. And so how would he happen to know? Well, if he encountered it in Ariana, that would, now he knows. And that's why he's seeking it out. What do you think about the idea that he actually went, like heard rumors of Ariana and then went seeking an obscurus there in Godric's Hollow? Because, I mean, we know he went to live with Bethilda Bagshot. Like, what do you think the odds are that he actually went and became friends with Dumbledore in hopes of finding this rare thing? I think that's possible. Um, My impression has always been that Grindelwald and Dumbledore sort of initially uh, sort of set off on this trajectory of the superiority of of wizards together. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, we know... Voldemort, as a dark wizard, is a master manipulator. 
So it wouldn't be entirely surprising to find that Grindelwald's entire friendship or uh, any other type of relationship that we're going to find that he has with Dumbledore is a manipulative play as well. Don't we learn in the book, the tell-all that Rita Skeeter writes, that it was actually in a letter where Dumbledore first coined one of the terms? Or, like, didn't Dumbledore come up with something that then Grindelwald championed? I don't know. I'm just getting a vague thing that there was some letter like for that, the greater good. Yeah, for the greater good. I mean, maybe they were both saying that, but there were. I almost remember it being like Dumbledore was the first one to say it, and then that became Grindelwald's thing. There being like the the hollow symbol on a letter that he sent to Grindelwald. Mm-hmm. I remember that being a thing. I, I got the idea that, that Dumbledore. Up got all of these ideas from Grindelwald. I mean, I could be wrong. I don't remember him being the first person to say it. In the letter, it kind of seemed like he was saying, I see what you're saying about this being for the greater good. I I, I could be wrong, but that's sort of, I I felt like Grindelwald was the Uh, instigator. Yeah. Well, that whets our appetite for for Mm -hmm. upcoming uh, movies to fill out this story. I I, I will say, I I was curious as to what was going to happen with uh, this Fantastic Beasts franchise. I had heard, you know, Newt Scamander loses creatures in 1920s New York. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is going to be fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love Harry Potter. And, you know, we get the Warner Brothers zoom-in logo and the Harry Mm -hmm. Potter theme Mm -hmm. uh, with, you know, the opening shot. And I was just as, as excited as could be. But the moment of realization that oh, wait, losing creatures in 1920s New York is actually an entry point into this larger mm-hmm. Grindelwald-Dumbledore so narrative. Much more than that. that was when I wanted to you know, stand up and just shout for joy yeah. because <laughs> that is an aspect of um, the, the Harry Potter universe story that I've always wanted more detail about and i wanted jk to write it like because i think some people like oh some other folks could maybe put some things together but she's so complex in her writing and you Mm -hmm. just see like these beautiful things weaving through so just oh it's so great that she's she's like signed on for all five Mm -hmm. so that's fabulous to know yeah what was everyone's favorite beast it's probably like a lighthearted kind of question but Niffler. I mean, the so Niffler cute. in the window with the jewelry. Right? So adorable. So cute. So cute. I yeah. love that bow truckle. Yeah. Oh, I, I think the so bow truckle cute. had my heart, but... Yeah. When he gave him away to that... Was that guy a goblin? Okay, that his guy? fingers... Can we just pause and talk yeah. about... Does anyone notice his oh, fingers? Oh, gosh. I had to, like, <laughs> they were disgusting. I didn't even notice. Can I Google this you didn't for you? notice? I was so into the concepts... Mm-hmm. Trevor <laughs> and I was the one who had my eyes closed, and you made such a big deal. But what? I picked up on the goblin's fingers. Okay, sorry. What was that creature that was singing? She oh, was almost she like was... a house elf, but not oh, as wretched. Like a dwarf. I, I thought she was bald. a goblin. I thought. Well, I guess I've never seen a female goblin, so she could have been. And a oh, young female goblin. Yeah. Oh, what? A young, young female goblin, female, yeah. as opposed to like you know the corpses of Benjamin Franklin we normally <laughs> see in Gringotts. <laughs> so I need to know this guy's name. Well, I, I'll he say he had fingers that bent backwards. Sorry, go ahead. I was I was hoping in in the Fantastic Beasts uh, arena that we would finally see a Nargle. Oh. 
Maybe maybe by the end of this storyline we'll get there. But that uh, brings up one more point that I wanted to make, which is that I think this movie uh, and Newt Scamander's prowess when it comes to uh, magizoology, um, one of the things I took away from from all of this was that Luna Lovegood isn't as crazy right. as everybody thought she was. Yes. Uh, her oh, her for the understanding Lovegood. of magical beasts is in many ways vindicated at various points throughout uh, the, the books. But I, I think seeing Newt Scamander as a hero who values and understands magical creatures in a way that nobody else really appreciates is validation for Luna Lovegood, who, of course, in this storyline, is yet to be born. Right. But that, I just I just left thinking, maybe Luna just wasn't as baddie as we all thought she was. Maybe, maybe well, she was right. Maybe she understood uh, dimensions of the magical world that uh, those of us who are on the outside looking in just couldn't appreciate yet. Like, even if there's, like, a rational bias within the magical community... Like a more scientific bias as opposed to, I don't know. Hmm. Any other thoughts on Fantastic Beasts? Well, I think if we're talking about Luna, it's exciting that she's going to end up with Newt's grandson. Grandson, yeah. yeah that's going to be cool. Although yeah. I thought yeah. she ended up with Neville, so I... I know. But, oh well. <laughs> Neville got... I who did Neville get? Hannah Abbott? Hannah Abbott, that's okay. She seems okay. Yeah. Professor Neville Longbottom. I still think Neville should be with Ginny because, well, that's a whole other story. Well, that that should definitely be left for a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the episode that deals with the epilogue of book seven. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. so we've got yeah. like eight years. A couple of years from now, yeah. yeah. Well, we hope you enjoyed Fantastic Beasts as much as we did and that you are looking forward with bated breath to the next installment. And we will be sure to talk about it when it comes out. Okay, so as soon as we turned off the microphone, we realized that we left out an important part of the discussion. So we're back with bonus time in this bonus episode <laughs> of the Harry Potter Book Club. You it's just like, never know what you're going to get. We're going, it's PPS. It's, just, it's like a postscript on top a of our postscript. postscript. Exactly. Yeah. So we did not yet discuss the pensive execution room at Makuza, which I thought was mind-bogglingly like nefarious as, as a way to kill someone. Um, so I wonder what, what you guys thought about well, that. D- describe it first. Okay, so so there's this big room with like a little chair chair <laughs> that floats out in the middle of this lake of pensive, we assume, whatever the pensive liquid is. Um, and then the executioner, which was like a sweet old <laughs> like mammy type character... Um, takes your memories and puts them into the the lake, and then you, I guess, get um, yes. Yeah, well, I would assume you eventually get swallowed into that your own memories. Looked pretty wicked. Yes. But so when something fell into the, it, yes. it was like an acidic. Right. Um, it was like the fires of Mount Doom. Right. It wasn't like <laughs> you just go into your memories and you live in your memories. You get literally disintegrated in your memories. 
But you die remembering your happiest exactly. thoughts, I think. I guess. I think it was meant to be humane. And, and yeah, she like, said it doesn't hurt. Yeah. It doesn't hurt none. Well, of course, because when you really fall creepy. face first like, into acid, like, your brain gets <laughs> melted immediately. I mean, it, it to me sounded actually like a wizarding version of the guillotine. Like, at first, it sounds so humane because it's so quick. And yet the Avada spell, we know, is... Very quick and, and virtually painless. I mean, yes, but that's unforgivable. Whereas letting somebody fall into a pool of acid with their own happy memories is clearly so not. It seems so complex as an execution process. Mm-hmm. It's very like psychological. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. is this uh, Divergent right now, or mm-hmm. what movie are we in? It's like a torture, but not a torture. Well, I mean, it it's also like a happy death. I'm, I'm, we never see anything like that in, like, the Ministry of Magic. I mean, mm-hmm. they put them in Azkaban and let them, like, rot away, which, you know, is probably less Yeah, humane. we never really see but an execution. this goes and, like, immediately smacks you in the face with, like, American society where we allow the death penalty. <laughs> I mean, it just, it it's so political. Oh, this, it was, it, to me, it was, like, a political statement about, but like... But the cruel and unusual death penalty, I think. I don't know. It was... <laughs> I don't know if I hated it really. I mean, I mean, it was very, it was very interesting and intriguing. I'd much rather them put me in a pool of happy memories than leave me in Azkaban to have your yeah, soul sucked out. Like sure, sure. If we had to choose, but I don't know. What did, what did anybody I do, I, well, okay. I know this may sound like exactly the thing a lawyer would say, but to me, to have no process of appeals, to have no. Uh, Attorney present, no trial, no jury of your peers. To me, the magical, like in general, I'm. There seems to be very little in the way of jurisprudence among magical thinkers. They just don't really seem to engage with the concept of like the rule of law (laughs) and like having. I mean, having a real judicial process, having multiple layers of appeals I mean, to, and making... To be fair, it was Grindelwald that rushed them into the execution <laughs> room. Yeah, but the yes, president but, but, was completely poo-pooing her when she tried to report Newt, and then 24 hours later, she was well, so mad at her for not forward, reporting Newt. Uh, like, 70 years to the ministry and the court proceedings that we see going on which are a joke. there, which yeah. uh, it's, a, it's a kangaroo court mm-hmm. most of the time. So right. we, what, we, what we see is... Perhaps there is wizarding jurisprudence, but we, we see this like running commentary that perhaps it is as easily corrupted as the one that exists in the non-magical world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe for narrative reasons, we see it much more clearly and much more quickly going that way. But it, it forces us uh, to deal with the reality of injustice at the highest levels of power in these wizarding societies. Well, just practically, I mean, do you think that they get those memories back? I mean, they left the room and their memories are still Yeah, still I was very around. concerned. Is she going to be like a vacant, like, right. where's my brain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what happened in my childhood? I was concerned about that, and then I didn't, I guess she was fine. Well, that's why she and Jacob are actually going to end up getting together, because neither I of wish. them are going to remember. Because they don't remember anything. Don't think that's No, I, I think Jacob and Queenie are great. I just, yes. oh, you know, no, I don't, I don't wish that. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. All right. Well, we promise this isn't a fake out. We will sign off and say thanks for listening. Remember, you can comment, ask questions, or offer uh, critiques at hpbcfanmail at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you, and we hope you'll tune in next time.